who is fully engrossed in their trajectory uh, to the detriment of his family. It was quite sad. And I cried quite a lot as a kid because my dad let me down so much. Yeah. You know, for running errands for those guys. The gopher side being a roadie, you know, people just think he was a gopher. He, that was in his resume, but uh, to the detriment of us, you know, but of course that's just a small strand of his story. Yeah. It's the ultimate story of wanting your cake and eating it, right? It really is. He he wants to be able to be free and he wants to be a, a family man as well. That's right. If you could have all the cake in the world with uh, the greatest musical yeah. cake makers of all time. Please keep the marzipan off the cake, though. Yeah, no marzipan. <laughs> <laughs> as his kid, how does that feel for you? I mean, because... Even before I, you know, I was reading this book down the years, I always thought of it that way. It was like, wow, what a thing. You know, he expects his wife to still be there for him when he's living yeah. with someone else. And it's like, you know, what in hell is he thinking? You know, you live this and now you're yeah. getting it back. I mean, how does that make you feel? It's been very cathartic, but it's made me think an awful lot of the time and space I lived in. And I was, I alluded to the fact that. When my parents married, they were both virgins. And so I, my dad had just been with my mother when I was conceived. But by the time my sister's conceived, my dad's put in a shift with a lot of young ladies. But that didn't resonate with me, of course, then. You know, it's only now retrospectively I see reading the book how that panned out. So my childhood, it was frustrating when he wasn't, he wasn't around and he'd, or George would ring, ring up and say, I need this or what. We in um, the early seventies, we started going to a sub club, and we, we it was a six week course, and we did one week yeah. because the subsequent weeks, my dad was doing stuff, you know. So yeah. it, it was frustrating that I, but I did go to the movie theater, cinema with him a lot, which was a wonderful experience. Yeah. Uh, the strange thing about my dad was when we moved down in sixty seven, so he could be right bang in the middle of the four guys. We saw less of him then because when we were in Liverpool, he had to make the effort to go come back and see us. So, you know, to 67 after the tour and whatever, he'd come back and he was there. But then he just disappeared. Look, you know, it's easy to judge someone in his shoes with the opportunities that literally presented themselves to him. I understand the difficulty resisting, okay? It's, It's massive temptations there. At the same time, it didn't take him long to stray. As soon as the opportunities came, he was into it. The real fans obviously know a lot of the story, but the general public doesn't. And they just see Mel, they see Mel and get back. And I tell you, they fall in love with him. Everyone loves Mel, okay? I fell in love with dad again. Yeah. yeah, you know, affable Mel. What were the challenges for you and your sister to have this book finally see the light of day, which could, for, for those people who don't know any of the background story, could shatter that image. I've always, in the back of my mind, wished, and it's, my wish has been fulfilled, especially meeting such a beautiful person as Ken to do this project. Yeah. It had to be done sometime. I mean, the demograph will fall off a cliff soon of the people who actually knew the guys. You know, challenge me on this if I'm wrong, you too, Richard, you can read this book and you're going to learn things that are unsavory and selfish at times about Mal, mm-hmm. but there are other things that are just amazingly lovely, right? I mean, the, yeah. the beauty of Mal is you still love him at the end. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, it was uh, Ken Townsend said he's a rogue. 
You have to think of him as a medieval but, rogue, and yeah. then you understand. I still love Mal. I, I still love Medak. I just, I almost love him in a different and better way because you know he's flawed, like every single person yeah, like, you'll ever know. Like the four guys he worked with, they all had. Flaws. They were all flaws, right? And, and, and I think if they weren't yeah. flawed, they, it wouldn't have produced what happened. That's what makes it powerful. And Mal is—he's sort of the powerful story of what happens if if a fan gets to experience the ultimate notion of fandom, where not only are you being able to leave your other self behind, the one who was called Hippo when he was, you know, a kid, and you get to experience everything your idols are doing with them. That's a dangerous prescription for anybody, anytime in history. To hear more of this interview, go to Buskin' with the Beatles on Patreon. That's www.patreon.com dot com forward slash BWTB.